Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. I am so excited for today's guest. I have the honor of getting to interview Krista Smith. She is on Instagram as Mrs. Krista Smith. She has a podcast called Keep It 100, hosted with her husband, Sean Smith. And I am delighted because she is radiant and articulate, kind and beautiful. She has a ravenous appetite for the things of God. And Krista and I met in the hallway of Global Awakening when I was there in 2019 at GSI. So I have always just wanted to interview her. She is the real deal. And I also wanted to introduce her to the podcast in case those of you who are real dealers don't know about her or aren't already familiar with Krista. She has a new book that she released October of 2021, singled out in a couple's world, living a fulfilled life regardless of your relationship status. And I am so excited. She should be calling any minute, and I'm excited to have this interview with her. you. Number one, thank you for even taking my call. I am so excited for today. And this is squeezing it in, honey, before the Thanksgiving. And you just came back from travels, I think, maybe. So... No, I'm honored to do it, Rachel. Super excited to connect with you. Yes, we literally just finished three weeks back to back, if you can believe it. Yeah. And so like this today, I was like, Lord, what would I pray for Krista? What would I pray for Sean? And he's like, you know, just blessed. They're coming and going both now and forevermore from Psalm 121, because they are coming and going and then they're coming and then they're going. And I don't know, you know, you can only tell so much from like FaceTime or, I mean, sorry, Instagram, but I was laughing at the little bag that Sean was carrying and you said he forgot his backpack. We, I literally think I laughed the entire (laughs) weekend about it. Him and I were laughing so hard and we had a legit belly laugh about it because he pulled it up. And you know, like a little kid who looks through like their Halloween candy or like their little like backpack. He pulled it up and he. I looked at him, Rachel, and he was like looking through his stuff because I put some extra snacks that the airlines yeah. gave us. Yeah. He was asleep, so I grabbed him extra snacks. I put him in his bag. There was something else I had in my bag that I thought maybe he needs this, so I added some stuff. So he was like looking through and pulling out, looking at each item, and there was like eight items. Yeah. I don't know why it struck me so funny. I died. <laughs> like we were laughing so hard. On the whole thing, it was just absolutely hysterical. But yeah, he got to the airport, his iPad, his preaching notes, everything. Like, uh-huh. everything. He had his phone with one credit card and his license, so he was able to travel because he had proof of ID. Right. And because I have my iPad, I can access all his sermons on a different uh, Okay, program. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we made it all work, and I had extra tech, I had extra headphones, <laughs> all the things. Like, we just made it work. But literally... You feel naked. It's like leaving your purse at home, yeah. right? Or your cell phone. Going somewhere yes. without your cell phone. Years ago, well, you're younger than I am, but years ago, you got in the car, you didn't have a phone with you. Of you course. just went I somewhere. Remember, I remember when I got my first cell phone, which was post-college. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And know. And long ago in the movies, they showed if somebody got a phone call out for dinner, the maitre d' would come over and present, like, the phone. Like, Mr. So-and-so, you have a call. And, you know, they're like, I, I want it in brain surgery, or what is it, you know? Or it was, like, this big, and it was in this, like, like a Rolls Royce. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So, can yeah. I just pray real quick before we start? Let's do it. 
Father, you are a good, good dad, and we yes. thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are in Wisconsin in a little Cludio, my closet studio, yes. and you're with Krista yes. in her office. And, Lord, I thank you for her home and that she's got her feet planted for her next few days, Lord. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the fact that she runs in a lane that is different than I do, and she breaks open things that my audience needs to hear, and I just honor what she carries, Lord. So I pray that you'd give me clarity of thought. I thank you that I never really stick to a script, but I'm being who you made me be. So I just embrace that, God, and I thank you that we have this time. I ask for it to be kingdom and be glorifying to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus name. Amen. amen. Okay, I am ready to rock and roll. I often start with questions that are just rapid fire, so there's right. no right or wrong to these. It just gets right. my audience listening to your voice and all that sort of thing. So there's no right or wrong. But would you say that you are an introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dog, cat, either, neither. Ooh, dog for sure, but, I, but I'm but i open to cats. I love animals. Okay, well, that's good to know. Would you say morning bird or night owl? Ooh, a little bit of both, but I would say more naturally an early riser, but with my husband's a night owl, so I've learned to be a night owl. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. So I, can, I can kind of hang both ways. Right, yeah. right, that makes sense. Books or movies? Ooh, movies. Okay, silence or music? Music. Would you consider that Krista is leaned in or laid back? Ooh. Man, I'm kind of a combo because I can be super driven and focused and I can be really chill and go with the flow. Well, I've only seen you a little bit, but oh boy, I like, yeah, I'll tell you the story there. Okay, shower <laughs> or bath? Oh, man, these are hard. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, all, I'm like both on all of them. Probably. Man, I'm probably a shower, but I love a good bath, but I'm probably a shower. Yeah. Driver, passenger? Ooh, passenger all oh, day. Okay. And eat at home or dine out? I added probably that one during COVID, yeah, you know? Yeah, no, probably home because we eat out so much and I love eating at home. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Awesome. You did great, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I learned a little bit. The thing I would say about the leaned in, laid back thing I, I, we met very briefly at Global, right by the bookstore, and I was yeah. there for GSSM uh, 2019, right before the whole close and shutdown, and I just loved it, loved every bit of it. Really was quiet, didn't even let people know kind of like who I was or what I did, and my husband's like, are you kidding me? But I talked to everybody. That's just how I am, in the grocery store or whatever, so I just talked to you as you were st um, standing there by the bookstore, and what I remember is that Sean had already spoke, and then you would have been next. And so I saw that laid back part of you. You were just kind of like hanging, you know, waiting for him to do whatever and very laid back. And then, girl, you got on that stage. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it was like the wind was like Farrah Fawcett used to, they used to blow the model's hair, you know. And my hair was like, going, Phew! and you had on this white flowy, is this funny? But I'm kind of a costumer, so, and I know fashion is part of your background as well. Yes, but you yes. had on like jeans, number one, so glad because it like rips down, um, religious mindsets at jeans yes. and high bone bone colored heels and I was like she is just gonna call dry bones to flesh she is gonna have those bone yes, shoes on and I'm like watching your every move and honestly I want you to know that that was definitely leaned in and then I leaned in you know, and, and I can't remember specifics, to be honest. I do remember the crab, the um, hermit crab story about sisters, because yeah. I have sisters, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. what I remember is that I believe we release what we carry. Amen. 
And I just believe you carry that presence that was like, whoa, like fresh wind was coming through, but also sort of like Dorothy Toto wind was going, you know, I was like, so I just, number one, even if you wouldn't have said yes to this today, I do want to just honor you, Krista, and honor Sean and the two of you, because what a dynamic duo. Yeah, really good. Really Truly good. honor. Yeah, no, honored to be with you, Rachel. You're amazing. It's been so fun getting to know you, connecting with you. And I love your heart. Love your heart for the kingdom. And Sean is such a gift to my life. Oh. I mean, he's really, he, he's been my greatest gift. It's And it's been such a treasure to be able to minister together. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't know how God's going to write your story, right? You know it's going to be good because he's good. And you know it's, like, going to be an adventure because that's who Jesus is. So you're, you're, you're. Uh, you know, expected, it and it's so fun. But when it actually is lived out, such a joy. Yeah, honestly. So this is called the real deal. My dad was yeah. Richard Dean, RD, and he just would always tell us, "Be the RD, be the real deal, be the I authentic self." And with four daughters, we're all different. We all have different giftings. We're all similar in some ways. We're you know daughters of an artist, and so that's kind of a fun yes. thing. But he would always tell us like, "Leather should be leather." Pottery should look like pottery, you know. He'd be the real McCoy, the genuine article. And honestly, it's not that I've never, like, had a friend where I thought, oh, she's cool, I like her hat, or I like the way that, you know. I'm not saying I was above that, but for the most part, I liked being Rachel, and I was comfortable being in my own skin. Is there a person in your life that's the real deal, and how has that affected you? Oh, yes. I mean, I feel like God has been incredibly kind to me he has surrounded me. I look at like my best friends, my best girlfriends. I look at my husband. I look at my family, my sisters, my parents, and everyone's very authentic and comfortable in their own skin. And I think, you know, family is given to you, which is a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Family's given to you, but you choose your friends, right? Right. As I got older, I found myself, I surrounded myself with incredibly strong independent know who they are not one of us one of them is the same type of women and all of us are really comfortable and un, and unapologetic in a good way yep. of who we are and that has been incredibly life-giving um there's you know a group of us that are best friends there's not one of us that's best friends there's a group of us yeah and there and there's no competition people are like how do you guys do that it's because Literally, there's no competition. We are so cheering each other on. They, The three of them flew up for my book release. I saw yeah. I saw that, and I just wanted you to know that I really believe that translates also. Like, you yeah. can tell that there was not one that's like, okay, I'm standing here, but I really am very jealous of Krista's you know, book right. opening or something. Because I, I say this to people. I say, you know, my bank account would maybe not look the same as my friendship account, but I am a gazillionaire when it comes yeah. to friends and real people friends like that are rooting for me as well and i believe that's partly because of what you carry because when you as a woman when you champion or celebrate other people then they're not threatened and so they can right. then do it to you so right. well yeah i thought that it would be some of these women for sure that were the real deal in your life and um, i thought for sure sean as well but i want to get there when we get to the marriage part if Absolutely. we can Absolutely. So, so one of the things that um I think is really exciting is that you have these women in your life and that helped you relate in general to other beings. Would you say like got you ready for marriage? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I feel like all of your relationships in your life are so strategic. The hard ones develop you and mature you. The easy ones might celebrate you. So you learn how to like just be celebrated and that's equally as important. But I think 
uh, all the dynamics of relationship, good, bad, challenging, all of it is really for the essence of we're being constantly molded and shaped into the image of God, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and it's all necessary. I yeah. think if we always had easy relationships, we wouldn't mature, we wouldn't develop, we wouldn't figure out, man, that's actually what I need in my life or I don't need in my life. You know, I, I think that's equally important. Um, so for me, you know, having authentic relationships in my life truly has been one of my greatest gifts. Yeah. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, those have had to shift. I've had to make some choices where even though I might have grown up with someone and I love them and they're amazing, I've, I've realized as I've gone harder after God, um, those people running with me have become less and less. And it's not that they don't love God, but I think we've just lived with maybe a different lean in to the yeah. present a little bit. And again, not that I've removed them from my table, but I kind of, Rachel, and you might have this, you might ha- uh, title it different ways, but I think probably conceptually you'll be able to get where I'm at. But I feel like we all have a kitchen table in our life, right? And there's only so many seats, yep. right? My, my, my table, what, is like eight to ten people, yep. you know? And it's like those are my covenant relationships. Those are the people that speak into my life. They have weight. Um, I go to them for counsel. Yep. Uh, those are, those those seats, not the same people are sitting in those seats today that right. were sitting in those seats 10 years ago, 20 right. years ago. And it's not that those people are bad, but I think you have to really be like, okay, who's God calling me to be? And those people in my life that are helping foster the God call in within me and really celebrate me. I don't have time for toxic. I don't have time for drama. I don't have time for comparison. I'm a woman now that wants to really champion other people. And I have a really fundamental belief that there is room for everyone to be incredible. And there's room for everyone to be amazing. And there's no scarcity in the kingdom of God. So I refuse to have a scarcity mentality. Amen. So if I have someone in my life that has a scarcity thing and I feel like they're kind of trying to pull me down or I'm, I'm walking on eggshells, I'm having to kind of dull my light to make them feel a little better. I'm like, nah, no, been there, done that, did that for years. Yep. We're over that. Moving yep. on, it's know? so good. It's so right. good. And, and I feel that you don't have to give somebody like divorce papers. You just don't right. have to have them at the table. You know, they can be right. in the, your yard. Maybe they're on yeah. the lawn, whatever. They're right. just not at the table dining. And, and you know what I mean? It's, it's important. (laughs) They won't, there won't be a restraining order. You still consider them a friend, but it's, it's really vital. And I think we're going to have to be accountable to it. You know, like God has told me before, what are you going to do with what I gave you? Yes. Okay. You know, not just in the talents ways, but even the minus, like that you're in charge of nations. Like literally it's a big deal. So, well, number one, I just, I want you to know that that takes guts, but it also uh, is like a magnet. You know, like when I was a kid, there was these filings under this little thing. You would drag the magnet and it would connect to them. You're actually just going to connect those who are really more like-minded with you, who aren't afraid, don't have a scarcity mindset, and would champion you because now they're running it. You're just going to collect more of what you're around instead of in a garbage dump kind of thing. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so I wanted to... I do want to get to the book. I Number one, I feel like it's a great title. But before that, would you just tell a little story? I heard you do a podcast, I think it was with Charity Cook, and you explained about the older sisters got to go to the grown-up meetings, and you were at the, and I don't want to give the story away, but I want you to tell that because yes. I think that shows this heart that was like literally a vortex pulling you to things of the spirit, pulling you to things yes. of God. And you tell that. And then I, I want to get to the book too, because I don't oh, want to yeah. take up no, all your time. Story. It's a great story. Thanks for having me share it. It's a, uh, 
So I was raised Catholic for those that are new to me and don't know the story. And I had a great experience in the Catholic Church, which I actually love to bring that to the table. You know, there's been a lot of negative, and so I like to bring something positive. But I went to Catholic school and spoke in tongues since I was three, and the nuns did not discourage me. They were like, okay, cool, like, (laughs) be you, Krista. It was really, like, embraced. And then, like many Catholic churches in the early 80s, there was a charismatic renewal that went through. And for those that aren't familiar with that verbiage or that terminology, Holy Spirit broke out the Catholic Church. And there was healings and signs and wonders, and the priests were praying for people, and it was really incredible. And my family got so impacted by the charismatic renewal, and it really introduced us to Holy Spirit, the person. Now, we knew of Holy Spirit theologically, of yeah. course, because we believed in the Trinity, but we had not encountered Holy Spirit. So as a family now, we're encountering Holy Spirit, which then really sends us on a pilgrimage, a spiritual pilgrimage as a family to really discover who's Holy Spirit. So we find ourselves in this four square camp. We don't really understand denominations. At least I didn't. I'm sure my parents did, but I didn't understand that. I just was like, hey, we all love God. Yeah. <laughs> we want more of God. But right. I'm this little kid. And my sisters, I'm the youngest of three girls. My oldest sister is six years older than me. My middle sister is four years. So there was enough where I was like um, eight years old um, at this time. And they were in junior high. So here I am going back after camp and I, after the camp meetings, I should say the first couple of nights, it's a seven day camp outdoor, you know, uh, we're, we're sleeping in tents. We drove yeah. up from Oregon. I'm from Oregon and our Volkswagen bus. It's like so cliche, right? <laughs> we're in a Volkswagen bus. We're camping. This is in the eighties. And at the campfire, we're all comparing notes about what God did at each of our services. My parents were in the adults. My sisters were in junior high. I'm in the kids meeting. And I'm telling them about my service. And my service was super fun. Like, we're singing with the puppets. We're all standing in our chairs. We're clapping. And they're telling us a Bible story. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. But then my sisters started sharing about their experience. And they're like... We worshiped and then like God came in the room and this man got up and was telling people what God thought about him. People were like laying on the ground and laughing and other people were crying and uh, there were, they said uh, like they told demons to come out and all this stuff. I mean, it was like, it was full blown Holy Ghost, yeah. right? And I'm like, wait, what? Like <laughs> I was, the part that really caught me was God was speaking to people. Right. Uh, everything that they shared. When they said, guys, and so I was like, wait, what? And they're like, no, God was like, this man got up and pointed to someone and he said, God is saying this about you. And that for me was like, wait, hold on. Because in the Catholic church, I had, like I said, I had a very good experience, but God still felt for me personally, and this may not be every person's experience, but for me, he felt like very, like kind of untouchable. I had a really deep reverence for God, but the fact that if he knew me personally the details of my life I hadn't experienced that I didn't know God yeah. could feel like that um I believe I knew God was my Lord I knew he was my savior but I didn't know he was personal I didn't know him as father and so at eight years old I made this real this what felt like a bold brave plan and I asked to go to the bathroom it's probably the length of a football field it's pitch black I can see this really small light above the door where my sisters are having their services because they would drop me off and then they would walk to their service, which was like, the you know, kind of like across the field, but it's pitch black and they have flashlights. Right. But because I got picked up, I never had a flashlight. 
gosh, like, because someone always came and got me, right? And so I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so brave and bold, but I was so desperate. If God was talking to people, I wanted to see if he talked to me, and I wanted to know what was that like. So I asked to go to the bathroom with no intention to go to the bathroom, with every intention to run across <laughs> this pitch black field, right? And El- and I remember thinking, which is so prophetic and so symbolic, you know, yeah. Rachel, it's like, I remember thinking, if I- just get to that light. Yeah. The door. Just get to the light. Just get to the light. Yeah. I got to the light. I opened the door. My little eight-year-old body goes through the door. I wouldn't have been able to articulate it because at the time I didn't understand it. But I literally walked into the glory of the Lord. Yeah. I walked into the tangible, mm. weighty presence of God. Thank you, God. And I crammed my little body against the wall in the back of the room. And I remember praying, Jesus. I remember just watching this man got getting up. His name was Herb Marks. He's a prophet in the Northwest. He's amazing. He's still pastoring to this mm. day. He's influenced so many people's lives. Thousands of people's lives have been changed by him. And he was calling people out and prophesying and whatnot. And But God was talking to people. I remember my little body slammed against the back of back wall and I was praying no one would see me because I knew I was too little to be in there in the junior high high school meeting but I wanted to be there so desperately because I knew God was in the room and I remember at eight years old Rachel saying God if this is available I will spend my life pursuing it wow and and I and truly what's crazy is I have yep I mean literally like a prayer of an eight-year-old, it was so sincere. Yeah. Like, I, and it doesn't mean I got everything perfect or I did everything always right, but it does mean I had a heart that was always leaned into God. Yeah. Like, I just craved an encounter with God. I became absolutely enamored with Holy Spirit. I just was, like, absolutely in love. And we went back to this camp. We went back to the Catholic Church. So we stayed in the Catholic Church for years after that and just continued, you know, uh, more liturgical experience yep. on Sundays, but then one week every year during the summer, we would go with my family and we would go and get like, radically encountered by Holy Spirit. Yeah, and it wasn't until years later, and I'll and I'll end with this: it wasn't until years later where I was in college at Seattle Pacific University because this camp I was in was about an hour, hour and a half north of Seattle. But you know, as a kid, you don't connect things, right? Right, you right. Everything's very like you don't understand how things are always connect until you get become an adult and then you begin to connect dots. But God was writing a story in my life that I had absolutely no idea that He was writing, and I found myself a, a university student. I'm walking across my campus one day, and a guy that used to go to this summer camp with me every year that I only knew as a camp friend because families would consistently go every summer. Right, so right. I threw him through camp. So his name was Nick, and I ran into Nick. He said, are you going to church? I said, oh, I'm just going to the campus church, which it was a Methodist university, so I was going to Methodist church. Because I, I didn't understand denominations. I just love right. God. So I was like, I'll go wherever. Like, I just yep. want God. Yep. Wherever I feel God will just go, which was great. I kind of like that eclectic background. Yes. It's really opened me up to, like, God can be anywhere, right? And so Nick invites me to Sunday church, not telling me that the guy from camp was the pastor of the church. Oh, wow. So when I walked in, this guy is ministering and prophesying because we were a little late because it's like 40 minutes north of Seattle. I turned to my friend Nick and I said, oh my gosh, is that Herb from camp? And he goes, yeah, he's a pastor. Because as a kid, you only yep. think he's at camp. You yep. don't think about a right, job. Right, 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 right. And I'm watching 
him do what he did at camp on a Sunday morning at church, which the two worlds, I didn't know Sunday morning right. could look like camp. Right. So I turned to my friend Nick and I go, hold on. Su- summer camp's available on Sunday morning? Yeah. And he says to me something, and this is where I was going. I said all that to get here. He said this to me, Rachel, and literally, I'm not kidding, this changed my life. He said, Krista, summer camp is available every, every day. Every day. Oh, wow. Yep. Mind blown. <laughs> that emoji. Mind yeah. blown. Yeah. Literally, I had no idea. I could experience Holy Spirit. I thought it was only for camp. I didn't know. And all of a sudden, I realized my Sunday experience could be Holy Spirit. Yeah. My daily life could be Holy Spirit. But it opened this whole world. I had this insatiable, ferocious appetite after that for the things of the Spirit. When the doors of that church were open during college, I was there. Everyone else was partying at University yep. of Washington. I would, I was borrowing people's car because I didn't have enough money for a car. Yeah. But I had, you know, I had money for gas. So I would put gas in everyone's car. They'd let me borrow it. And if the doors of the church were open, my, I was on my face in the church. Mm-hmm. I was so hungry for the presence of God. Oh, so, so good. So good. It, it, it makes me think of two things. It makes me think of how, I think it's Bill Johnson that says, there is no junior Holy Spirit. So Amen. that what happened to you when you were young is the same yes. God that encounters the elderly, that encounters the middle-aged, whatever. And, and the, the other thing is, that God is so good to give you that person, that that would be that childlike faith to see in the in the years that came advanced. And how, like, full circle he gets with us, just because he's, he's like, oh, this will be fun. This will be great. This, And I do, I believe that has catapulted you completely into what you are hungry for. And the thing about hunger is you just always want more. It, it's not Absolutely. satiated, which is awesome. Awesome. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to the real deal. Well, yeah, thank you for telling that one. So I want to turn a corner for a second, and sure. I want to talk about your new book. And I don't know exactly the day that this podcast will be released, but your book was released in October of 2021. Yeah. And number one, I love the title, Singled Out in a Couple's World. Awesome. And then the little title underneath it is Living a Fulfilled Life Regardless of Your Relationship Status. Amen. Oh, I mean, that could be a title too, but it's a little longer. But right. um, when I when I talked with my girlfriend, Gail, and we do buddy time on The Real Deal, and we've been taking questions from younger women because we're older. So we just decided Titus says the older women should teach the younger. And But some of these young gals are waiting, and they yeah. want a husband. And so they were asking questions about, like, I want to be married, and we keep – our answers aren't like we know it all. Our answers are, these are some nuggets from our life. We've lived long enough. And so I didn't want to completely unpack everything because I, I said, hey, I'm having this gal named Krista Smith on. She's just read, written a book, and I want you to speak to some of that. And I want people to get your book because, number one, I know it's great. But one of the things that I do know is that you didn't wait on your life. You allowed God right. to live your life because that second part of that title is regardless of your relationship status, you really are living a life. Absolutely. So tell me if two things. In the process, and you don't have to give everything away in the book, and I want to read a um, kind of like an endorsement for the book that I saw on, on, on your website or on Instagram, but I want you to tell me, was there a time in which you did get a little bit discouraged or the waiting, you know, because weight is such a part of the kingdom. It's such a part of the way God works, and then was there a point where it turned for you because the waiting, you just decided something? I don't know. You tell me. Absolutely. No, those are great questions, and the answer to is yes, E, all of the above. So... 
you know, I think, like you said, processes are so key, and I've really come to understand that in the journey I've had with the Lord, that no matter what, and I've taken it through in my book, The Lens of Singleness, Yep. but truly you can apply what I'm talking about to anything you're waiting for, right? Because you're going to be waiting for something no matter what. So whether you're happily married for 20 years, you're still waiting for some, you know, we all have desires of our heart. We all have Yep. I'm raising my hand. With I'm you. raising mine. I'm I'm in the waiting now. right now. It's been I'm, you know seven years, and I'm like God. You don't give up. It, you tell me exactly. I can have confidence in the day in the land of the living. You know what I mean. And so I'm just still waiting. That's it. And so we're always waiting for on something. But I think there's such a purpose in the waiting and learning how to wait well is one of the most beautiful teachers. It's one of the greatest teachers in your in your walk with Jesus. So for me, at 19 years old, I'll give you a quick recap of, yeah. of me so that people kind of get into my world a little bit. At 19 years old, I thought there was this guy at my sec- in my university in Seattle. I thought, oh my gosh, he's the one God has for me. Well, I was totally wrong. He ended up pursuing another girl. She lived across the hall from me. I was super devastated. I knew I didn't love him per se, but I really liked him. And I was kept hoping he would like me, never liked me, but I was, we were good friends. So I was put into the friend zone. I was super disappointed by that. I took a walk. I prayed a prayer at 19 years old. And I said, Jesus, I give you my heart, guard it, shield it, give it back to me when I have permission to give it away. Yep. That prayer as sincere as I meant it, I did not know I would not get married till I was 39 years old. So I waited 20 years from that prayer. In that 20 years, from 19 to about 35, because I got married 39, so 19 to 35, I really did walk in a grace. That doesn't mean there weren't lonely nights. That doesn't mean it wasn't difficult at times. I was a bridesmaid 13 times. (laughs) I officiated, I was involved in over 20 weddings. I showed up to so many engagement parties, bridal showers baby showers, all the things, all those natural desires as as most women, maybe not every woman, but most women have those natural desires to want a mother, to be a wife, to build a family. I think God created us to want to build family, build community and to nurture. And that was certainly in me. It was certainly a desire. And I had a grace, but when I was 39, excuse me, when I was 35 years old, I was on my 35th birthday and I blew out my candles and I said, Jesus, let this be the year I meet my husband. And it's like, I blew out the grace and I had had a real grace Hmm. up until that point. Again, doesn't mean there wasn't individual moments that were difficult, but the overarching, you know, was, was really just sovereign. Because I was surrendered, and whenever a guy, I have to add this in, whenever a guy would ask me out, I would go to the Lord, Jesus, do I have permission? Because remember, I said the prayer. Right. Guard my heart, guard right. the shield, and give it back to me when I have permission to give it away. Right. I'd go, Jesus, do I have permission? And he'd be like, no, you don't. So from 19 to 39 yep. years old, every time I had interest in a guy or a guy had interest in me, I'd go to Jesus and ask. That's something that is underestimated trusting what God tells you yes. and not forcing yes. the timeline of God. There, there's power in surrendering our timeline. Yeah. God leads us. So anytime Absolutely. we feel like we have to be shoving or running ahead, we're usually not being led. So yeah. So you yeah. did more of the waiting. Yes. And so I think waiting is like this Abraham Isaac moment of going to the altar, laying it on the altar. And God then took me through a journey at 35 uh, that really lasted about a year and a half till I was 36 and a half, roughly. 
And that's when God asked me this question, am I enough? If you never get married, am I enough? And I had to literally, I went through this whole journey. This is what my book is. Really the crux of my book is yep. making Jesus enough. Yeah. Yeah. Making Jesus enough. Because if you want marriage so desperately, if Jesus is not your source and if Jesus doesn't satisfy, friends, marriage isn't going to satisfy. Amen. Right? Because no one person, no human can meet all your needs. Preach. Even the best marriages. I love my husband. I have the marriage I've always prayed for. But if I think that I can meet every single need of my husband, that's yeah. impossible. Yeah. I will fall short. Yeah. I will fall short of meeting my, my best friend's needs yeah. and my humanity. My intentions are good. But I'm, I'm going to fall short. Why? Because I'm a human. Nothing can satisfy us but Jesus. Right. And until Jesus satisfies, I really believe the kindness of the Lord is he allowed me to wait until I became to a place of true contentment and joy mm. in, my, in my singleness with the Lord. And that's not everyone's story because people are like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. Is God going to make me wait? I want to assure hearts that are listening, you know, be open to how God's writing your story. I'm sharing with you my story. Right. That certainly does not mean it's going to be your story. But I do believe we have to be open to God writing your story. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And trusting the pen stain in the author's hand. Because we live in a relationally obsessed culture. It, yes. It's obsessed. with It's obsessed with, like, who are you dating? Who are you into? Who are you breaking up with? And unfortunately, in the secular realm... Who are you divorcing? Now who you're interested in? And it's just, it's all about relationships. Our films are about it. Our yep. music is about it. Our com everything's about relationship. Who are you with? And it's like our number one relationship we should be obsessed with is Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is what I learned. I learned Jesus to be my source. Jesus mm -hmm. is my anchor. And I truly believe I would not have the marriage or the ministry I have today with my husband had I not walked through 20 years mm -hmm. Of Jesus becoming enough, waiting on God, and trusting Him to be enough. And I tell you what, I I lived my life. I moved. I took jobs. I bought a condo. I was a first-time home buyer. I traveled the world. I preached. I ministered. I prophesied. I I just lived yep. the call of God in my life because I re I removed all the conditions. Yes. All the requirements. And I said, you know what? I don't know how, what how, what my life's going to look like. I don't have control over if I'm going to get married or not. I Because I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to make it a story I write. I want it to be a story God writes. So in the waiting, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. in, in that journey, God did such a deep work yeah. in me as a woman of God where I feel like I would not minister the way I am today had I not gone through those 20 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's things in your arsenal. There's things in your pantry of goods you can bring to other people that God put on those shelves each of the years. He was stocking it. Absolutely. He was stocking it. Every lesson, he was refilling the That's shelves, you know, so that you could pull off of the things, those 20 years of things. I, I also, I, I see kind of like an accordion pleat. You know how like blinds are that accordion pleat? Yes. If you put a dot here and then you put a dot on the other end, when it's accordion, it looks like it's really close together. But if you were to draw that line into it, not a line segment, but a big, long, 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 long line, and you open it up, those years are long. But yeah. when when God does things, they can kind of seem compacted, like, oh, yeah, that was 20 years. But somehow 
it vanished. Like I'm in the waiting process of something. And I'm just honestly going to tell you that as I've been waiting, I said, God, would you shrink the years? Like, let me live all of it, but shrink that. Has it really been that long feeling? Because your timing's perfect. And there are times where, you know how you say to somebody, hey, I saw a friend, I saw the friend the other day. And then you think about the story and you're like, wait a minute, that was five months ago I saw this friend and I just told you the other day. Because a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. God's outside of time, he's eternal. But I think he can do that for us. So in the end, you don't you don't feel like you wasted, you lived 20 years. Plus he kind of like equipped you completely yes. during those 20 yes. years. So I, I just think that's beautiful. I love that. And I, you're so right. You're, you said it very well because... It's like there has been a consolidation of the waiting. I don't look back and go, oh, my gosh, that was two decades of my life. Because I fully lived my life, I have all these incredible memories, lessons, ar- things in my arsenal, like you said, really well. But it's so true. It's like this God and his kindness consolidates the time where it doesn't feel that long, but the depth of yep. him feels that long. You yep. know? So it's like it is, it, it's funny. It felt, it feels short, but long all at the same time. Yep. Jesus. I totally get it. I totally get it. Hey, I want to take a second and read. I, I wrote it on this little piece of paper. I'm going to do my best. I want to read what somebody wrote on your Instagram, because I really believe that this should encourage you, Krista, because yeah. there, this is just one of the many people who aren't going to write something, but there are so many hearts that are being touched by this book. And I think it will go on for years because I have had people give me books that it was the timing God needed me to read it. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Or, or authors authors re-revise and re-edit books because there's a call for it. But this is so important. This says, um, this gal, I didn't write the gal's name down. Okay, it says, this by far is one of the best books I've read this year by Krista Smith. I've read and listened to plenty. She is raw, authentic, and real. The book is relatable understanding and gives doctrine along with direction and encouragement. Krista Smith is truly a champion for signals who are believing God for their mate and equips you to wait for the king or queen that God has tailor-made just for you. Excellent read for this season in my life. I recommend any who are in a season of waiting to get this book. You will be set free. Jeremiah 29 11. And the things that I highlighted for you that drew me to it is that I think people, specifically younger generation who might be reading this book because they're like, hey, God, am I ever going to get married? The raw, the authentic, and real is important. And that's who you are. And so there will be believability on those pages and not platitudes that somebody just wanted to cross stitch on a pillow and give you a Christian phrase. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and the, the doctrine along with direction and encouragement, I think that's this book, but I think that's your part of your life fabric. Um, I mean, I don't know you well, but I just see that there's doctrine along with direction and encouragement. If you had to pick one of those and take it out of the recipe of what you get to bring, you'd be like, no, 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 there's not good sound doctrine. I need that. Or you'd be like, no, 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 I didn't give somebody direction. And that's part of how I'm wired to do is call them to something new. No, 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 there was no encouragement on it. And I'm an encourager. So I loved that that person wrote those things because I think God is saying those things to you. So well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Rachel, that's so kind. Thanks for taking time to, to read that and say that. I super appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So I just believe God is going to use that book in new ways. And I just bless it. And I bless any listener who's thinking, 
Well, that worked out for her because I have this mantra, don't compare, don't compete, celebrate. And I believe that comparison is a robber of joy and it can just kill us so quickly because our life is led and led led by God and before him and somebody else is in a whole different way. And the compete, I, you know, I always tell people, it really just means you don't have to compete for his love or his lap or his lavish goods or his resources. And celebrate, really, you were celebrating all those years, Krista, when you were going to the baby showers, when you were wearing the bridesmaid dress over and over and over and not with a bad attitude, but a, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to celebrate this other person. And I know that your friends with the bowls, but I think this is a Sean Bowles thing that really helped me. He said, God does not give you something to torment you. This is a prototype of what he can do. And so when you hold it up, like this is what God can do. That to me is how we can celebrate because you're not shoving down your feelings. You're going, but look what God can do. He can give these people weddings and I'm in the wedding. I'm in the wedding party and I'm wearing the dress. He can give people babies and I'm at this shower. Instead of it spoiling our attitude, it actually should encourage our heart. That's right. I really believe you allow people's testimonies to prophesy to you. Amen. It's possible and available. So, you, so it's all about the way you frame it. Yes. Right? Are you going to allow the enemy's narrative to come in there and have a scarcity mentality? And bring discouragement or hopelessness like, oh, woe is me, everyone else but me. And, and go that old sorry narrative that is so, you know, I, I think seductive to a lot of people because it's been difficult in the waiting. But if you choose the God perspective, yep. which is like, hey, God, you do things like Sean said. And I love that. I love Sean. I love that perspective. And it's so, to me, the heart of Jesus. It's reminding us of what's available and possible. All of the word of God as we read it and you know this, is telling us what's possible right. and available. Jesus is greater. We we will do even greater things, right? And this stuff is amazing. We haven't even seen some of this stuff. Yeah, that's what sent me to global. Literally, right. that exact verse. I was like, well, wait a minute. And people are like, Rachel, why? What are the greater things? I said, let's start with what he was doing. Let me, let me just start there. I believe for the greater, and I think that's our DNA. He didn't say that to be unkind. He said that as like, this is what right. I really mean, and it's better that I go away because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And so look out, world, when we really understand who we are, game changer, game over, game actually. Change. I mean, seriously, changes everything. So I love that mentality. Yeah. I love that mentality because to me, let people's lives prophesy to you, and you'll never not be encouraged. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay, that is so good. Well, hey, listen, I could talk to you forever. And I am going to be at a conference in Pennsylvania, and I would love to just say hi. I, you have so much to do because oh, you're going to be it. preaching yeah. and whatnot. But maybe we can get if we get a photo together. Otherwise, send me your bio picture. You're so gorgeous. I just want you to know you should do a skin ad. Oh, you're so sweet. I am like holy oh, smokes. You. It's just like you've never seen the sunshine, but you have good d- DNA oh, and um, vitamin D. I should say. No, but um, it's but it's also the radiation, you know, the radiating because I think it's from Second Corinthians three eighteen, you know, where it says we with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory and we're being transformed into right. His glory with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Father, who's the Spirit. I just think Amen. you have that radiating face, so that's that's part of it. So I would love to get a photo, but if not, just send me. Oh, send yeah. me whatever I mean, one trust me, just come up to me you know me i want to i always want to be very accessible and approachable even though i'm speaking i'm on the platform 
I never want to be someone that is just on the platform. I want to be there yeah. to connect with people, pray with people, yeah. be approachable, talk to you outside the bookstore. Like, yeah. I, I want to be that person. So yeah. that's certainly my heart. So yeah. please, come. Well, yeah. I will. And I just, I really bless you. I want to bless you and your ministry. But would you just pray for whoever's listening on The Real Deal yes. today, particularly whatever your spirit says, but maybe those who are waiting and yes. you know wondering if they're going to get married. And the world is so different with technology instead of face-to-face stuff. But God yeah. is not limited by that. So right. I just am believing for these young gals. I really am. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'd be honored to pray. Jesus, you know exactly who's listening to this conversation even now. You know who's supposed to be. You know whose ears are going to be present for this conversation. Jesus, will you just break off any narrative that's rooted in hopelessness or discouragement? Will you expose the narrative of the enemy? And will you just breathe life and hope into every single person? That, God, you are writing the most incredible story through each of them. And each story is unique. It's special. It's necessary. And it will pull out of them exactly the woman of God, the man of God there to be. Lord, I thank you that sons and daughters are going to be set free from the place of negatively waiting where their life's on hold. And the pause button is going to be removed and they're going to stepping out into who they're called to be with confidence, with boldness, with zeal, with joy. God, I just pray for a fresh wave of Lord expectancy of what you're going to do that right around the corner, God, I just believe some things are going to open up right around the corner. Some things are going to bust open that have been waiting for a long time, but God, it's all about your timing. Mm -hmm. And we not only submit to your timing, we celebrate your timing. And your your ways are not always our ways. And yet we know your ways are good and your ways are higher. So we stand on who you are. We stand on your promises, God. And we also stand on the promise that Lord, whatever you intended or fashioned a word uh, to bring to pass, it will never not happen because you cannot yourself your word can't be denied so lord we thank you in faith that what's been prophesied will come to pass what you've declared in your word will come to pass so i speak hope and i speak promise over every person listening today god you are faithful in the waiting and god take us deeper let us be molded even more in your image because we want our lives to give you glory but we want to live every day of our lives and i believe it's possible with hope because of who you are in Jesus' name. Lord, let that be sealed on the heart of everyone's listening in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you for your word that you say that we can have hope and that it can actually yes. be you, God. You're the God of all hope. And may the God of all hope give you joy and faith in believing so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just, I leave that with you, those of you who are wanting a mate male or female, whoever you are, whether it's a girl that you're looking for and you think you might have found her or if it's a guy that you're wondering if he's the right one or you see no one, I just pray that you would be able to wait. And there's a promise that God is not slow in keeping his promises. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait from the Lord. So I just bless you with that. And Lord, I thank you for the people listening, that whether they're on a treadmill or in a car or whether they're walking down the street or changing a diaper, I don't know what it would be, God, but I ask in the name of Jesus that this podcast would go to the ears of those who need to be encouraged that you are good, you are for them, you're never against them, you're making their way. If it's crooked, you make it straight. If it's a valley, you fill it in. If it's too high, Lord, you make it a plain. And I thank you 
that that's what you do. You're giving people a highway of God. And I just pray for Krista, Lord. I thank you for who she is. I thank you that she is raw and real, and she is an encourager, and she is a one who catapults people into their next steps, Lord, that she does speak to dry bones and calls them to flesh, that she is the wind of the Spirit wherever she goes. I just bless her in the name of Jesus. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, I pray every time she sets foot anywhere, God, it'd be like Joshua. This is the land that God has given me, and I have set foot on it, and I call it my territory. And so I pray that you would pull out her ten stakes and Sean's ten stakes and the two of them together, God. The dynamic duo that they are, I thank you for the fact that she waited for Sean and that you've given him, her, and her, him. And it's been a great thing. We say glory to your great name, and may you be pleased in their lives, Lord. So strengthen her encourage her bless her sleep and her rest her influence and lord i pray a blessing on this book singled out in a couple's world would it go to the hands of readers beyond promotion beyond figuring out the right things would it go to the right people at the right right. time that it would be like the balm of gilead a a salve for a sin silk soul for something where somebody's like this is exactly the drink of water i needed i'm so thirsty and so i pray that it would be um divinely ordered by you and I thank you for this day. We've tried to do this before. I thank you for this day that we got to record because you have set the times and places that we're to live and every day ordained for us is written in a book before any of them came to be. So I thank you for this day because you've given us this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much, my friend. You bet. And remember to save it. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.